nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers with me. To the churches in Galatia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the the glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. Am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. Mm -hmm. Amen. Thank you, Josh. Galatians is a kind of mini version of the book of Romans. Um, The subject is is very much the same. Um, When Jesus was talking about salt, he said if the salt loses its flavor, (laughs) it's good for nothing. And uh, whereas it's speaking, probably speaking about our walk with the Lord, but if Christianity loses its distinctiveness, it is good for nothing. And Paul here in this book is contesting for the real truth of the gospel. What is the true gospel? Is the good news all that good? Well, I think it, I think it is. <clears throat> Now, Galatians um, seeks to answer two questions. Are people justified simply by faith in Christ? Or is justification earned in some way by following certain rituals and rules? Now, The word justification is a legal word. Um, Simplistically, it means uh, not guilty, just as if I'd never sinned. And in the the thesaurus, which is, it's it's not a direct um, appreciation of the word, but it's kind of the same family as the word we're talking about, justification. It, it means validated, vindicated, correct, within your rights. <laughs> so to stand before a holy God, validated, vindicated, correct, within your rights, not guilty, is that achieved by simply believing in Christ? Or do we have to do something else as well? So that was the the question that the Apostle Paul is addressing. And the second um, question is, if people are justified simply by faith in Christ, how should they live their lives? How should we live our lives? 
Now, I'd just like to go into a little bit of the back, because we're just starting this week. I'd just like to go into a little bit of the background. Um, after the death of Stephen, you might remember who was stoned to death. After the death of Stephen, a lot of the believers were scattered away out of, out of Jerusalem. And there were some people from Cyprus who uh, went as far as Antioch. Now, I think we've got a picture of the map here in a minute. They say that women are less able to read maps than men are. I don't know how true that is. The the disciples were scattered away, and some of them went to a place called Antioch. Now, there there was a church already there, but I'll just read to you from Acts chapter 11 of these people that were uh, scattered all over the place because they didn't want to get persecuted in Jerusalem. And this is what the, the scriptures say. Now, those who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, telling the message only to Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and great, a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw the evidence of the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all to retain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and great numbers of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Troas to look for Saul. Now, Saul, who later became Paul, he was converted on the road to Damascus, as we know. He was the, he was the arch enemy of the Christians. He had in his possession letters of authority to arrest the Christians, but God arrested him <laughs> instead. And on the road to Damascus, he had a wonderful encounter with the risen Christ, was wonderfully converted to the Lord. And uh, after Ananias had come and laid his hands upon him that he might be healed of his blindness and receive the Holy Spirit, he began to talk in the synagogues in um, Damascus, uh, and they tried to kill him there. <clears throat> then uh, he went to um, he went back to Jerusalem. There were there were. Um, Barnabas brought him to, to the believers at Jerusalem, but they didn't believe he was a Christian yet. They, they were all afraid of him. But Barnabas, who, who we've just been reading about, he said he was a good man, full of the Holy Ghost and faith. Uh, um, he said, no, he's kosher. He's seen the Lord. He's, he's got genuinely saved, and he's one of us. <laughs> so they accepted him. And Paul is in dispute uh, about 
the, the, about the Lord saying that Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah, and there's a dispute. So then the apostles in Jerusalem, they sent him back home to Tarsus. I think he was just a hot potato, and they couldn't handle him. So he's sent back home to Tarsus, where he was brought up. Now, somewhere uh, in this period, which we'll look at later on in the, in the, in the, in the book, he goes into the uh, desert of Arabia, and he's there receiving revelations from Jesus of the gospel, the true gospel of Christ, which will be applicable not just to Jews, but to Gentiles also. So he's, un he's there receiving all this from Christ. Now, when the apostles heard about what was happening in Antioch, which is the, the north. Can we see it somewhere? Yes, straight up that line there. When, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard what God was doing in Antioch, um, among not just the Jews, but others, the Gentiles and all, they sent Barnabas to go and see what was happening there. And he was so blessed and so encouraged by what God was doing, he stayed there. <clears throat> and then he went up higher, up to Tarsus, and he brought Paul back, not to Jerusalem, but to Antioch. And Paul and Barnabas and others, Silas and others, were part of the leadership of the new Antioch church, which was comprised of Jewish people, but also of Gentiles as well. <clears throat> now, after that, the, the, it was decided in Antioch that they would have a special collection for the poor Christians who were living in Jerusalem. They were, they were, they were going through difficulties. So they sent Barnabas and uh, Paul down with this gift to the, um, the, the Christians in, in Jerusalem. They returned to Antioch. And while they are there in Antioch, the Holy Spirit spoke to them. Now, we don't know quite how the Holy Spirit, whether it was a prophetic word, we think it probably was a, a prophetic word. <clears throat> and the Holy Spirit said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And so Paul and Barnabas set off on their first missionary journey. And so if we go to the next slide, we'll see where they went originally. <clears throat> if you look at the black line, the, 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 the arrows on the black bit there, off they went. Uh, they went to Seleucia, then Cyprus and Perga, and Antioch in Pisidia, there were two Antiochs. Then they went to Iconium, where they saw phenomenal miracles happen. And then in Lystra, you might remember from reading the book of Acts, there was somebody in the congregation, somebody in the audience, that was listening to Paul. And Paul saw, he was a cripple, this guy. Paul saw that he had faith to believe. And Paul said, rise, stand on your feet. And up this guy got, he's leaping and praising God for his healing. And then, because they were 
heathen people, they worship different things, they said the gods have come down and they called Barnabas Zeus and they called Paul Hermes. Uh, and they were going to make sacrifices to them, but Paul said, uh, no, he said, don't do that. He said, we're telling you not to, to, to make sacrifices only to the true to the true God. <clears throat> and so there was a phenomenal uh, move of the Holy Spirit. But then people, the Jews from other places, came in and turned their minds against the uh, apostles. And so they stoned Paul to death. On the one hand, he's, he, they want him to be worshipped as a god. The next minute, they're stoning him to death. <clears throat> so they just moved on to the next place and they went down to Derby. And they preached the gospel, and many disciples were brought to the Lord. So that area there is called Galatia. This is what I'm coming around to. And they left a number of really thriving churches, happy people <clears throat> that loved the Lord, were rejoicing in their newfound forgiveness from Christ and their newfound faith in the Lord. And there was a happy group of churches there in Galatia. <clears throat> um, Paul had preached a simple message. That faith in Christ was all that you need to be saved. <clears throat> now, the reason he wrote to those particular churches was because a group of other people, a group of legalists, strong personalities, taught that uh, certain Old Testament laws were still binding on the new Gentile Christians. <clears throat> so these people came and they were saying... <clears throat> uh, they reasoned that God's promise extended only to the Jews and that the Gentiles must be circumcised before they could fully experience salvation. They taught that faith in Christ was necessary but inadequate. One must add to the faith circumcision and the observance of the Mosaic laws. Now, this was in contrast totally to the teaching of the Apostle Paul, who had preached to them and told them that salvation was by grace alone, through faith alone. They hadn't got to do any of that. It is free, it is gratis, it is no strings attached, it's absolutely free. There is nothing that we need to do. <clears throat> so these legalizers, they first of all tried to discredit the messenger and then discredit the message. So they said, well, this Paul guy, he's okay, but he's, he's not really a top, he's not really the top brass. He, he's, he's not really one of the top apostles, like Peter and John and James. I mean, he's okay, but he's a second-rate apostle. And the message he was preaching uh, they uh, they said that he Peter uh, sorry that Paul was compromising the gospel and making it easy for the Gentiles by taking off from them the um, indictment or the 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 the, the, the uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for 
of circumcision. They had to be circumcised, the men, and keep the laws and customs of the Jews. Um, so they tried to discredit the messenger, and they tried to discredit the message. They were spoiling his hard work. They were teaching a different gospel. They were nullifying the sacrifice of Christ. On the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. And our salvation, brothers and sisters, is absolutely finished. It is free, gratis. There is nothing that you or I need to do. <clears throat> Jesus completed the work. He established the new covenant that didn't rely on the contributions of anything we had done. That Christ has brought us into a relationship with himself that does not depend on me, but wholly depends on everything that the Lord has done. We sometimes sing that song, don't we? Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. And that old hymn, Rock of Ages, what does it say? Not the labor of my hands can fulfill thy law's demands. Could my zeal no respite know? Could my tears forever flow? All for sin could not atone. Thou must save and thou alone. And then the second verse goes, nothing in my hand I bring. Simply to thy cross I cling. Naked come to thee for dress. Helpless look to thee for grace. Foul I to the fountain fly. Wash me, Savior, or I die. So these Judaizers were bringing confusion into the lives of these once happy believers. <clears throat> they were bringing them into bondage. They were getting them on good works, uh, the things that they do, rather than the things that Christ had done. They were getting them self-centered and not Christ-centered. And it's so easy that the enemy of our souls will get you and I self-centered rather than Christ-centered. And he will accuse us <coughs> and, uh, uh, of things that maybe are deficient in our lives. The... Um, C.S. Lewis, the, 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 the writer and uh, Christian uh, uh, apologist, uh, was in um, Oxford University, I think it was Oxford, and some of his fellow professors were discussing what was distinctive about Christianity as compared with other religions, grand religions around the world. And C.S. Lewis happened to walk in and they asked him, what is the distinctiveness of Christianity? And he said, oh, that's easy. <laughs> he said, it's grace. <laughs> no other religion has that. Because every religion around the world <laughs> is things that you have got to do. Rules that you have to keep. Places that you have to go. Rivers you have to wash yourself in. <clears throat> Christianity and the message of the cross and the message of Christ is that it has all been done. There is nothing that we can do and nothing that we need to add to the finished work of Jesus. <clears throat> and Paul taught that faith in Jesus Christ's death on the cross 
was all that was necessary for salvation. The old uh, song says, I need no other argument. I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. So these once happy Christians were being diverted down a path of trying rather than trusting. And when you and I get down that path of trying instead of trusting, you lose your joy, you lose your confidence, because you can never know whether you've ever reached the standard that is required. But praise God, the standard that is required was done by Christ alone. And he hands his righteousness over to me. I am justified by trusting in Christ. I'm justified by faith and in faith alone. <clears throat> Instead of trusting the Lord, these new Christians were now trying their best to earn God's approval. <clears throat> so, the apostle, he <clears throat> begins by his defense. First of all, as, as Josh read to us, he, he defends his apostolic authority. He said, this, this message that I've been bringing, it didn't come from men, but it came by a revelation from Jesus Christ. It came right from the throne of heaven. <clears throat> now, anybody can say, God told me, and it, through life, I've, I've, I've met a lot of people who said, God, God told me. I once remember uh, when I was the superintendent up in, in um, the Midlands, uh, taking a young um, pastor. He had a very small church near Nottingham. He had 15 people in his congregation. But he was coming up for, he was, he was having an interview at our headquarters to see if he was suitable to be ordained. <clears throat> so I drove him down to Cheltenham, where our offices were at the time, and I went with him to, to meet the field superintendent who was in charge of all the, all, all the churches and the pastors. <clears throat> and uh, the field superintendent at that time, a fellow called Mr. Walker, he asked him, um, what's your vision for the church? Now, he's got a church of 15, and it's already March. He said, God has told us we'll have a church of 1,000 by the end of the year. <coughs> now, that is growth. He was on cloud cuckoo land. I have heard time and again, God told me this. <clears throat> I've, um, I, I tell this little story. I've, 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 I've written this little book. It's going to be coming out soon. I don't know if it'll be a bestseller or not. <laughs> but we had a guy, we had a guy come to us when we were in Beeston. I don't know if I've told you this story before. But he'd been in a bad accident and he, 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 he was um, quite, quite poorly. He was in a lot of pain. We, we uh, prayed for him often and he was getting better. <clears throat> and now, now he wants to get a job. He doesn't want to be living on the state all his life. So he's got a course. I am the chief, chief chauffeur. Taking him to interviews here, there, and everywhere. We're all praying that he gets a job. He gets a job. Well, 
he went to Nottingham University and got a job in the stores. Well, we're all thrilled. He gives his testimony how God has wonderfully provided this job for him and that we're all rejoicing. <clears throat> About three weeks later, the smile has gone off his face. He doesn't like the job. It's too heavy for him. Makes his, makes his ache. So we don't know what to say to him. Anyway, a bit later on, or a week or two later, the smile has returned. He's back to his old self. He said, went in, he said, God has got me the sack. <laughs> said, the job was too hard for me. So the Lord has seen my affliction and got me the sack. This was on the Friday. He's given his testimony Sunday. He turns up for work on Monday to work a week's notice. The union boss greets him with the good news that they'd fought his case and he's now got the job back. <laughs> God changes his mind very often for some people, doesn't he? <clears throat> but the Apostle Paul, he got this by revelation from God. He said, this I receive from the Lord. Now, what was evident? How is it evident that a person has been called by God? And I do believe that the ministry um, is, is a calling. <clears throat> um, it, Paul's call was self-evident. He wrote When he wrote to the Corinthians, he said this, Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Are you not the result of my work in the Lord? Even though I may not be an apostle to others, surely I am to you, he said. For you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. He said, my work is commends what I am. And he wrote again to the Corinthians in the second book, that he, second letter that he wrote to them. He said, I, I've made a fool of myself, uh, but you drove me to it. I ought to have been commended by you, he said, for I, I am not in the least inferior to the super apostles, even though I'm nothing. The things that mark an apostle, signs, wonders, miracles, were done among you uh, with great perseverance. So all these signs and wonders confirmed that he was hearing God. He was called by God to do what he was doing. And the Apostle Peter talks about the prophetic word. He said, above all, you must understand that no prophecy of the scriptures came about by the prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So the apostle is saying, I got it from heaven. I got this message and it's the absolute truth from heaven. <clears throat> he, he begins his greeting of them by saying, grace to you. Clarice, grace, peace, shalom. And then 
he begins to tell them off. Should, should ministers do that? Should, should pastors get on to the congregation and tell them off? Well, he did. But he told them off as a father would tell his kids off. Don't do that. He said, I'm astonished. I'm a, I can't believe what I'm seeing here. I, can't, I, I just cannot understand you. I just, I, I, I'm, I'm astonished that you're so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ. And you're turning to a different gospel, he says, which is really no gospel at all. And then he goes on to say, evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. This is what he's saying. He's saying, when we came to you, we told you the truth, the simple truth. And if an angel from heaven came and said anything different, in fact, he said, if we ever turned up again and told you anything different, don't even believe us. For what we told you in the first, when you first got saved, was the absolute truth that all you need to be justified by Christ is faith in Jesus, to put your trust in him. You don't have to do this or that or the other. <clears throat> um, he said, the Lord has called you into grace, into this grace uh, um, environment that we are saved by grace, not by things we do. We are saved by God's grace. God gives us eternal life for nothing. He justifies us for nothing. <clears throat> grace, we have said before, haven't we, is God's riches at Christ's expense. That when our dear Lord Jesus died upon that cross, he took our sins, every wrong thing that you have ever done, every wrong thing that I have ever done, thought or said, was dumped on him, and he became sin for us who knew no sin. And when that weight of sin was upon the Savior, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It was in that moment that this father couldn't look upon the filth of the slime of sin upon his own son. But later, he would say, it is finished. It is, it is finished. Tetelestia. It is paid. Paid in full. Hallelujah. And Jesus paid for all our wrongdoings, all our misdemeanors, all our sins, all our failures. Everything was paid in full at the cross of Calvary. And praise God, we do not need to add to that. It is a finished work of Jesus. It, it is absolutely free it is absolutely uh, without necessity to pay anything back because it's completed and it's finished <clears throat> now if I went to the Louvre in Paris <clears throat> the Louvre Museum in Paris I think it's there I took with me a few paints and a palette and uh, a little bag with things in and someone said to me I, what are you doing here? I said, I'm, I'm just, I've just come to finish the Mona Lisa. 
Well, I would have finished it, I would have. How can you finish what's already finished? To add to it is to distract from it. And this is what these Christians in Galatia were now trying to do. They were trying to add to perfection. They were trying to add to a finished work. And I don't know about you, but sometimes we try to do the same. We try to add to the salvation that Christ has brought for us, which is absolutely free, gratis, no strings attached. They were turning away from the grace of God and they were turning to their own works. And Paul says this, it's a different gospel. It's not the true gospel. The gospel is absolutely free and it's by faith in Christ. Then he goes on to say, we'll end with this. He said, am I trying to win the approval of men or of God? Am I trying now to please men? If I was still trying to please men, I would not be the servant of Christ. Christ Paul was a servant of Christ. Now, in my long ministry, <clears throat> I, was, I was thinking as Jeff was talking about that act this morning in 1969, <clears throat> which we will not go into again. <clears throat> it was the year we got married. So as he's born, we're getting married. Now, why am I telling you that? <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> I believe, I, 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 did, I never wanted to go in the ministry. Honest, I never did. I never wanted, my father and mother, we had people in our house all the time. I thought, oh, they'd gone, some, some, stayed, we, some stayed for ages. We, we had Auntie May, we called her Auntie May, she wasn't really an auntie. She, st she stayed with us two years. She had nervous trouble. By the time she left, we all had nervous trouble. <clears throat> Another occasion, we had two missionaries show up on a Saturday night, come to take some meetings for the weekend. They stayed with us three months. My father said he had to resort to prayer to get rid of them. And uh, we, 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 this was like all the, all the time. And I thought, I don't need this. I don't want to be here. But, but, but God began to do something in my life. We used to go around um, on a Saturday night taking meetings. And I, I was a much better bass player in those days than I am now. And the double bass was in better condition as well. Um, and uh, we would go around and take meetings, and I would preach. And, and, and this guy uh, up in Yorkshire, he said to me, David, he said, I'd like you to come. I'd like you to come and be the pastor of this little church in a place called Pocklington. I've never been, and I don't regret it. <clears throat> he said, and we've got a caravan that you could live in, as if it was the penthouse. <laughs> 
But it's, it's, it sowed a little seed in my life. I thought, oh, I wonder, you know. And then we began to, because Jean and I were, were engaged by that time, we were looking to get married and stuff. Um, and then we had a preacher come down to uh, our church in, in Blackburn, and he spoke about that verse, except a corn of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone, but if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. And uh, though it's speaking of Christ, uh, he said, if you're willing to die to what you want, willing to die to your plans, your ambitions, what you, from that death, so to speak, God will bring for, forth something more. So I prayed on the way home. I took Jean home. Uh, she lived about six or seven miles away, didn't you? And uh, I, <clears throat> I prayed on the way back. I said, Lord, if you, if you want me to go to the Bible college, train to be in the ministry, get Mr. Green to ask me about it. Well, they'd all gone to bed by the time I, get, I got home. In the morning, Pastor Green said to me, he said, David, have you ever thought of going in the ministry? I said, no, I said, never. But... I, I realized that God was uh, calling me to do, to do this. And I've always believed that I work for the Lord, but are paid by the church. Do you get that? I work for the Lord, but I'm paid by the church. <laughs> if the local church don't like what I do, they could stop paying me. <laughs> and sometimes you've had to, I've had to say to people, only occasionally, I'm not talking many, many times here, Occasionally, we've had, to, we've had to say to some people, listen, what you're doing is wrong. We can't have this in the church and this. Sadly, and I say to them, I'd rather upset you than upset the Lord. <laughs> and I think if you do that in your, 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 your heart, and you've nothing, no aggravation, no, no you know, for self-seeking or anything like that. So I've always believed I work for the Lord, but are paid for by the local church. And Paul said, Paul said, if I live just to please men, that's why I, I've never looked at uh, how much money people give. The office deals with other. I don't think Jeff does either, or Paul. We don't know, because you could favor people who give more money. Don't upset them, they give a lot of money. No, <clears throat> we work for the Lord, but were paid by the local church. And the apostle said, if, if I just pleased people, I would not be the servant of Christ. You can't live to please people. We must all live for an audience of one. We must please the Lord. I think of that word that came through the prophet Nathan when David was caught out about his adultery. You remember with Bathsheba. After, after the event and he had the, the woman's husband killed, it says, but the thing that David did pleased not the Lord. We've not to live to please men. We've got to live to please the Lord. And if we please the Lord, that doesn't mean to say you're abrasive or not, you know, you're, you're, you're aggressive and they say, I don't care what you think. It doesn't mean to say you can't take advice, nothing like that. But it does mean that we live to please the Lord. And Paul said, listen, he said, if I still pleased men, I would not be the servant of Christ. The gospel that has been given is given in all its beautiful simplicity, that it's by faith alone 
by grace alone and by faith alone. And praise God, there is nothing else that we need to add to it or take from it. It's all done on our behalf. But there's a temptation, I'm pretty sure you've been that way, so have I, of trying, trying, trying. Stop trying. Start trusting. And so you might think, well, I can, I can now do just as I like, goody. I can, I, can, I can cheat a few people. I can bend the rules. I can, I can sleep around. I can do this. It doesn't work like that. Because this grace that we have, this, this new life that we have in Christ, it, it, it works the other way. <laughs> so as we go through this book of Galatians, we shall see that belief affects behavior. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now we've got a song about all that I have is in Christ. Something. <clears throat> it might be in church tonight. You've been trying your best to please God. Well, that's a noble thing. But listen. Begin tonight to believe that when you put your faith in Christ, that's all that you need to do. <coughs> it's by his grace, through faith, that's all we need to do. And stand in that. And don't let the devil rob you from that. Say, I'm, I'm, I'm saved by the grace of God. I'm not saved by what I do. I'm saved by his grace. And if tonight you would like to, Maybe the enemy has been attacking you that it gets you onto the works-based thing. I've got to do this and I've got to do that. Got, oh, I've got to read my Bible. I've not read my Bible for two days. I've got to be, oh, my goodness. And the enemy comes and attacks you. Well, why don't you... We'll, we'll just have a moment in prayer and praise. If, you, if you've been attacked in somewhere like that, why don't you just come forward to the front? We'll pray of you in Jesus' name that, that, that you can... Really enjoy your relationship with him. You can really stand <clears throat> on the solid ground of faith in Christ without any works or rituals or anything. All right? Come on, let's stand together. <clears throat>